Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be here. I, for one, anyone else glad they're not running the marathon this morning? I am. I know probably Mike, where's Mike and Martin, probably wish they were running the marathon because they like that. And to me, that sounds like the most horrific thing to do, uh, especially in this area where there's hills and stuff like that. But I'm glad you guys made it today. I'm glad you're here and not sweating in the, in the humidity out there. Uh, we are in the second week of our series here at Lights Church. We started a new series. It is called This Is That. And I want to sort of recap it real quick, because if you missed last week, you'll have no idea what's going on. Uh, last week, Jesse talked about how we are a church uh, that was founded in the roots of Pentecostalism and charismatic roots. We, me and Jesse both come from that background. At some point in our life, we transitioned to that. So today, you're sitting in a church that believes the gifts are real and believes the gifts are still active and believes the Holy Spirit uh, can interact with us. Uh, we t- actually told the story about how this church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a move of the Spirit. I was sitting in a prayer meeting, wanting to plant a church, didn't tell anyone, and a girl comes up to me and prays for me and says, I see you planning something, and it's going to grow deep. Uh, If I hadn't gotten that word, if she hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit, you would not be sitting here today. And then it was confirmed in our founding pastor, Jared's heart. We moved up here eight years ago and started this church, so without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be here. And so you're saying today, what does it have to do for me, what does that mean for me that we're now a Pentecostal church? This is where we're founded in. Uh, I want to do that today. So let's turn uh, to Acts 2, uh, 17. But before we read that scripture, I want to show you guys some pictures real quick. Let's go to the first picture, Andy. Does anyone know what that is? Okay, chicken sandwich. Ashley's the only one. Where is that from? Chick-fil-A. Anyone ever been to a Chick-fil-A? A good amount of people, I, got, I have something to tell you that one at the University of Scranton is not a real Chick-fil-A. You guys are being deceived out of your mind. And the same with the one at King's College in Wilkesburg. That's not Chick-fil-A. I grew up in Maryland, and I love Chick-fil-A. It's something I experienced every day, uh, probably every week I went there. You have not experienced breakfast until you ate a chicken biscuit and some chicken minis. It's, it's life-changing, life-changing. <laughs> I was just in Allentown. Me and Jesse were in Allentown last week, and we, ha- we had to stop there and get something. That's the closest one to us. Jesse took his pickles off, which to me is a cardinal sin of eating Chick-fil-A. Those, those pickles stay on that sandwich. But I'm showing you this today because when I lived in Maryland, I moved up here, there was not a Chick-fil-A. Nothing. There's a rumor of one, and then the newspaper said there wasn't one. And I'm not, I'm not lying. I literally cried tears. The day I, like, I sat down in the morning, got my coffee, opened up the newspaper, and it said, Chick-fil-A not coming to Dixon City I'm not lying. I cried. And maybe that shows something about me, but I, I was like, this is so sad. But I realized that most of you have been to a real Chick-fil-A, right? Who's, okay, everyone? Not everyone, but we're not counting. If you've been to that one in the U or Kings, we're not counting that today. Uh, but we don't experience that up here. It's not available to us readily. It's not here to experience. But since most of you have been there, I want to show a different picture. And this is something probably that most of you had not experienced. Andy. Throw that picture up. Anyone know what that is? That is, oh yeah, that is, he knows, that is a Bowberry 
biscuit from Bojangles. I lived down south for a year when I was going through a Bible uh, internship down there. And every week, a guy would come bring us those for free, me and my roommate. Uh, and it is a blueberry, buttery, icing-covered biscuit that if heaven had a taste, that's it. And I want to show you that today because we don't experience that at all up here. We, actually, the closest ones in Reading and the, the female uh, leaders were down in Reading for a conference. And my wife's like, there's a Bojangle, stop! And she came back with six blueberry biscuits. I ate those all in two days. And it was great. And you're wondering, you're probably thinking, why am I explaining, like showing these today? Uh, it's not just to explain where I get this physique from. Uh, it's not where it comes from. Uh, but we have to read today. This is not experienced here. We can't have this every day. It's not available to us at all. Same with Chick-fil-A, unless you want to count those fake ones. We don't experience that here. And as we read through Acts, we read Acts 2 last week, we have to realize that what Peter was saying there was radical for that day. The Holy Spirit did not fall on everyone. Up to that point, the Holy Spirit fell on kings, prophets, and priests. It was not available to the masses. And so let's read Acts 2.17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams even on my male servants and female servants. In that day, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. That was a radical idea. And the funny part is that's from Joel. So, like, people were probably like, that sounds familiar. And then Peter says it again, and he's like, this is that right now. This is what the Lord was talking about in Joel, that the spirit of God is now available for all flesh. It's not just for a certain group of people. It's available for all. So if you guys, if you like to highlight and underline your Bible or circle or write notes, I encourage you to just underline, highlight all flesh. That's very important to us today. It's all flesh. And I got to tell you the Greek word there. I got this cool new Bible software. It all means all. (laughs) There's no like, it's not secret like Greek. Some people. All means all. Say all today. All. So turn your neighbor and go, he's talking about us today. It's all flesh. Back then, women weren't in a role as they were now. Slaves weren't in a role as they were now. Male servants, female servants, they were held at a lower disregard than people. When Peter says, son, daughter, young, old, free, slave, male, female, that was a radical thought to them. And the best part is, that's today. That's what we live in today. The Holy Spirit is no longer an exclusive thing that falls on certain people. It's inclusive, and it's beautiful, how many of you, I mean, back then, if I was uh, a servant, and they're like, hey, you can take the Holy Spirit too, that would be a radical thought. And today, we have this habit of sort of like throwing the Holy Spirit into its separate category. You don't, it's a trinity, guys. We believe in trinity here, so Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. But most of us go Father, Son, and eh, Holy Spirit sort of here. He's equal, and he's available to all flesh today. So what do we do with this? And there's actually proof Peter's, Peter uh, didn't just say this and nothing happened. Uh, Andy has a verse. If you throw up Acts 10.45, there's proof of this happening. So while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. So all means all. 
you see the Gentiles weren't included in that. They never, the Jewish people were the Jewish people, no one else. And then the Holy Spirit falls on uncircumcised people and all were amazed saying, this is it, this is, this is what's happening. And then we also see in Acts 21, we actually see, and on the next day we departed and came to Caesarea and we entered the house of Philip the evangelist who was one of seven and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. So I'm not just saying this is a good thing. There's proof of it happening in Scripture. Four unmarried daughters prophesied. Back then, they wouldn't give those people a chance to prophesy. You wouldn't think that four unmarried daughters could prophesy. But you did because the Holy Spirit is available for all of us today. So it doesn't matter who you are sitting here today. It doesn't matter if you've been to Bible school. It doesn't matter if you have a good job. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It, matter, it doesn't matter what gender you are. The Holy Spirit right now wants to fill every single one of you here. And that's radical. And why wouldn't it be like this? The gospel is the same message. It'd be terrible if the gospel was for everyone and then, wait, the Holy Spirit is just for a few. It's so beautiful that the gospel message ties into the Holy Spirit as well. So if you're here today and you think you're disqualified from both, it's for you today. The love of Christ is for you and the Holy Spirit is for you today. Uh, last week, Jesse, in the midst of his sermon, I was listening to the podcast. I didn't actually catch it while he was, while he was speaking, but I edit the podcast every week. <laughs> he said this phrase, I'm really excited for next week's message. I'm like, man, way to put pressure on me, Jesse. But so the whole time writing this out, I was like, man, Jesse said it was going to be a good message. Better live up to it. Uh, but I have two hopes today. One, it goes too long and everyone's mad at me. And, or two, I go shorter and we leave time for the Holy Spirit to do something at the end. So if I go short, there's a reason. If I go long, I actually have a, someone, a secret person here is going to signal to me when I'm gone 20 minutes because I don't want to go longer than a half hour today because I want to allow room for God to do something today. But so what is our response to this? Now that everyone here sitting in these pews, the Holy Spirit wants to meet you today, what's our response? So uh, for you note takers, I decided to do this for the first time ever in a sermon. I'm going to have some things some challenges and some responses on the board today. So the first one, now that it's available to all of us, we should desire it. I desire Chick-fil-A up here because it's not, but when I go back home where it's available, I get that every day. My wife looks at the bank account and goes, really, $20 billion at Chick-fil-A this weekend? Yeah, because it's there, and I want it, and uh, it's so good. But the first thing we do is we, we desire it. We desire it. Something that was only for a few is now available for us. And like I said, we have the habit of forgetting the Holy Spirit in our Christian life. I want to challenge you today. If your Christian life is just God and Jesus, you're not living a full Christian life. You're not living. It needs to be God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And you're going, well, Ben, how can you say that? Well, because Jesus said that. And I want to turn right now uh, to John 16, 7. Uh, it will be up on the board, so you don't have to, like, flip. I go through a lot of scriptures today uh, just because I like scripture. But this is Jesus talking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Imagine your, yourself as a disciple when Jesus said that. Wouldn't you be sad? Right, this guy that's been with you for three years, he's multiplied food in front of you, he's healed the blind, leprosy has been gone, and he's taught you so much. He goes, hey guys, it's better if I leave. I would be 
I would cry. I would cry like there was no Chick-fil-A in Scranton. I would cry because that's, who, that's my life. I spent three years with this guy, and he's going, you know what? Your life will be extremely better if I'm, I'm not here because once I go, once I'm glorified, I'm going to send the helper. So that's why we should desire it. One, because Jesus said so. And we need to, like, he desired us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so we need to desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Am I right? If Jesus says it, <laughs> we should want it. And so he describes this Holy Spirit uh, in John seven thirty seven. He said, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he had said about the Spirit, whom those who believed were to receive, for as of yet the Spirit not, had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Anyone, like, to me, rivers of living water sound awesome, right? Flowing out of your heart, a constant filling and overflowing. That is the perfect way to describe the Spirit. It's a thing that keeps happening. It doesn't stop. But he's right there. He's saying it's not here yet because I haven't been glorified, but this is what the Spirit is, rivers of living water. And it sounds awesome. It's a constant filling of the Holy Spirit is available to us today. Rivers of living water flowing from our heart. And lots of times we use that verse and we don't, like, add the last part. I've noticed that, like, about the Holy Spirit. But that's him describing the Holy Spirit to us. And you're saying, okay, Ben, so Jesus said we should have it. And I know some people are probably like, well, who else in the Bible? Because that's what I would go. Okay, it's Jesus. He says it. But Paul is a big fan of the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 5.18, he makes this command. And do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That is not a little thought he has. That is actually a biblical command for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then actually, I'm going to do my brief knowledge of Greek here. That be there, Greek is always active. That is not like a be filled once. As a, they describe it as be being filled. It's a constant filling of the Holy Spirit Paul commands us to have. And then we make the mistake today because it's easy. Most of us get the Holy Spirit, and we're like, okay, the Holy Spirit. But Paul goes on to say, you know what? You also need to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because we can be a church that just understands the Holy Spirit, but Paul is saying, desire the gifts. And he goes on, and he says in 1 Corinthians twice, he tells us to desire the gifts, which means to set your heart on. I'm sure everyone here who's married or who's dating, like when you like meet your wife or like you're dating someone for the first time, you, you set your heart on them, right? If not, like, why are you dating that person? <laughs> like, so if you're here today and you're dating someone, your heart's not set on them, break up with them after service. And then e- email Jesse about that. Uh, JesseMiller84 at gmail.com. But we set our heart on, and we desire the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and so next week, Jesse is actually speaking on prophecy and tongues. So I'm not going to cover that today, but I encourage you to come to next week. Week because Paul says, I want you all to desire prophecy. What does that look like in our lives? Using the Holy Spirit, using the gifts of the Spirit, and we desire them. That means words of knowledge. That means tongues, prophecy, discernment. There's also good ones like helping, administration, that type of thing. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and if we don't believe that he does, we are not living a full Christian life today. You're missing out on living a full Christian life if you're excluding the Holy Spirit. So the first one, we desire And the next one, and this is probably my favorite one so far, is we participate. 
So now that the Holy Spirit is available to all of us, we're all called now to participate in that. I love that because lots of times they're standing in church, and I, I know the thought because I sat in the pews for a long time before I was up here. I'm like, it's just for the pastors, and it's just for the elders. It's their job to sort of participate in this. We're just going to be here on a Sunday. That is baloney. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. At I don't know why I said baloney, but that is not the right thing. We're called to get out of the pew. Sunday morning is not, our church life and our Christian life is not a pew-based, consumer-driven life. The Holy Spirit being available to all is a call to participate. It's a call, if I can use a sports analogy, which I hate doing, is to get off the sideline and step into the game. We're, we're here for a reason. You guys, everyone in this pew today is here, and they can be used by the Holy Spirit, so why not start participating in it? This is not just a Sunday morning thing. I'm going to tell a story when I was 20, I started traveling uh, with Jared, our founding pastor. Uh, most of you might not know him, but he's red-haired and skinny, and now he has a beard. But he started to invite me to travel to different churches with him. He would speak at churches. And this one time, we went to a church in Shade Gap, Pennsylvania. Everyone, anyone heard of Shade Gap? Good, because I didn't hear of it either. And it's out in the middle of nowhere. The closest Walmart's like two hours. And I was like, how do you guys live out here? Like, well, the farmer's down the road. He gives us our meat. I was like, this is horrific. But the pastor there actually had most of the town in his church, which is a cool thing. Like, imagine all of Scranton being in, in this church right now. It's a smaller town. There's about, like, 500 people at this church in Shade Gap. His whole town was there, which probably makes it easier to get groceries because you know everyone, and so you can share stuff. Uh, but we walk up, we get there an hour early, and they do a prayer meeting with just leaders uh, an hour before service. So I'm about to walk in the prayer meeting, and Jared's speaking. I'm just along for the ride. Uh, to, it was a two-hour drive, and Jared probably wanted someone to talk to. So I'm just along for the ride. I go to walk in the prayer meeting, and Jared turns to me, and it's like, hey, during prayer, ask the Lord to give you a few words about people in the crowd. And then at the end, get up there, I'll let you up there to like, read those out. Now, if you know anything about me, I feel very unqualified a lot of times. Not anymore. I've gotten, I think I've worked my way through that. But back then, for Jared to say, hey, pray to God, pray to the Holy Spirit, ask him to get words of knowledge, that's what those are, it's a gift of the Spirit, and then read them out during the end of service, to me that was terrifying. So I'm up there in prayer, uh, there's this guy that like, I think we ended up seeing down here, he runs through worship songs like they're no one's business. He went through like every 90s worship song in the span of the worship, and I'm like, who is this guy? A jukebox of 90s worship. And so he's leading worship in this prayer meeting, and I'm sitting there, and I write some things down, and I'm nervous. I am nervous, because this is Jerry telling me to participate. He's like, it's not just me here today. You came with me. Do something with that. So... The only, one, I, I got a lot of stuff, but the first one I wrote down, and imagine writing this down and thinking this is the Lord, was right foot, big toe. You're looking at me like I'm crazy today. And I, I, I was looking at myself like I'm crazy. And you're going, what, is, what would God do with that? Like, why would he give me that? And so at the end of the Jared speaking, he's like, I'm going to bring my friend Ben up. He got a few things during prayer time. Let him read them. So I'm up there, I'm nervous. 500 people is a lot of people, especially for a guy that's, like, nervous at the time. And I go, uh, anyone uh, have pain in their right foot, big toe? And this guy immediately, like, stands up out of his seat and, like, waves at me. He's like, yeah, this whole week I've had pain in my right foot on my big toe. 
And so my confidence starts building. So I'm like, okay, let's pray for you. So I, we have like an altar call. I read through the rest of my list. And Jared, I don't know if Jared remembers that this night, but I read through the rest of my list. And Jared just basically handed the service off to me, which is odd. And so people are coming up, everything I'm reading, and you might, and this is crazy to people who have never experienced this, but everything I'm reading, someone's like, that's me. That's me right now. And so we had prayer, and it was great. They actually, this is the only time I've traveled with Jared where, like, at the end, the pastor, like, comes up and says, how do you spell your last name? And I tell him, and he hands me a check. I'm like, I'm getting paid? <laughs> like, you pay the guy that travels, not me. And he, like, hands me this money just because he thought, like, I should honor this because the Lord used him tonight. And I went from thinking, okay, Jared's the main guy tonight. I'm just along for the ride. To Jared saying, no, Ben, I want you to participate tonight. I want you to do something tonight. And it was so awesome and encouraging. To me, personally, my growth in the Lord excelled that night because I was like, wow, he can use me. It is for all people. And I'll challenge you today with the same thing. It's not just for me, Jesse, and the elders up here. It's not for the kids' leaders downstairs. Everyone here is called to participate. Everyone. And I'm telling you, it will change your life. Uh, Anyone have a bulletin on them? Who got a bulletin today? Lots. Oh, Wow, we print so many and no one takes them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Me and Jesse have a constant battle of the bulletins. But uh, on the back, if you turn to the back, uh, under, it might be on the back, there's a little section that says welcome. Everyone there? What you, what you see right under welcome is our mission statement as a church. I'd like to read that today. Uh, we exist so the people of NEPA, Northeast Pennsylvania, find their ultimate joy in Christ through the teaching of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. That can't fall just on me and Jesse and the elders. We can't reach all of the Northeast Pennsylvania. And we, we're really good at the word, and we, we'll be honest today, we really fail at the power of the Holy Spirit here. We recognize that. That's why we're teaching on this right now, that God wants to encounter people up here with the power of the Holy Spirit and a good sound teaching behind it. We don't, like, want to be crazy. We want to have control, but the Holy Spirit is a necessary part for our mission statement in Northeast Pennsylvania. So I encourage you today, write that down, take your bulletin with you, frame that at home. This mission statement just isn't us as leaders. It's you guys sitting in the pew today. We want to encounter and, and change people's lives in Northeast Pennsylvania through the power of the Holy Spirit. That includes you today. You have a part to play in this, which I think is the coolest thing, because if you were told 16-year-old me that I had something to do in church, I would have said, you're wrong. I'm just a young kid sitting in church with nothing to give. And today, the Holy Spirit is saying, you have everything to give. I'm here for you. I can fill you. I can use you. And so I encourage you to do that. I got the little science. I'm 20 minutes in, so if the worship team wants to come forward... You're all wondering, who gave Ben that sign? <laughs> Secrets. But our last response today. So we have desire. We have participate. Our last response today is expect. Come here expecting the Holy Spirit to do something. Like, I've been to church services. And i got to be honest with you. I've been to, like, a few worship nights where you walk into the room and everyone's there for a worship night. Everyone's expecting God to do something. It feels different in there than just walking into a church on a Sunday morning where everyone's there just to go to church. I got, like, it's true. I've walked into a place and I'm like, whoa. Like, you can feel an atmosphere here that is charged up because everyone's expecting the Lord to do something for them tonight. 
And so from now on, we should come every Sunday, we should come expecting the Holy Spirit to be here. In our prayer life, we should expect the Holy Spirit to do something. In our scripture reading, we should expect the Holy Spirit to do something. When we worship, we should expect the Holy Spirit to do something. When we go shopping, when we meet people on the streets, we should expect the Holy Spirit to move. We should expect an encounter with the Lord every time, everywhere. He's here for all of us. All of us. I can see some hesitation here. Uh, I do understand that in, in the beginning of that, in Acts, when this happened, when the Holy Spirit fell, people thought they were drunk. But look what happened afterwards. The church exploded in one day because of the power of the Holy Spirit. In one day. What would that look like in Scranton if the Holy Spirit fell here and in one day the church exploded? What would that look like? I don't care if I look drunk. Like Peter said, they can't be drunk. It's 10 a.m. in the morning. Well, in Scranton, you can be drunk. <laughs> it's 10 a.m. in the morning. I've, I've witnessed it. I've seen it. Uh, me and Linda were out, like, speaking to some people on the street once, and it was, like, 9 in the morning. And I'm like, hey, sir, can I talk to you? And he's like, well, i got to get to the bar and open the bar. I'm like, and he was already drunk. I could smell it on him. But I don't care if people go, they're just drunk. When Jesus told the disciples it's better for them, in Acts 2, they realized it was better for them. They did not go, well, we wish Jesus was still here. They had the power of the Holy Spirit moving through them, and it didn't matter if Jesus was there or not. Jesus said, you guys will do greater things than I did. That wasn't just because he was trying to encourage them. He was being honest. He's like, hey, if I leave, you guys are called to do greater things than I did. Jesus was our example of a man filled with the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, he was a man. He didn't do ministry for up to 33 years. He got baptized, and it said the Holy Spirit fell upon him like a dove and rested on him. He is our example of what the filled Holy Spirit life would look like. And we should start expecting that today. If you guys don't mind turning to Psalms 132. Uh, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I actually forgot about it this week. Like, I forgot where it was. So I spent, like, a good two hours, like, Googling words that would come up in this verse. I was like, okay, desire, like, all this other stuff. And I finally found it. Uh, and this isn't a psalm by David. This is a psalm by someone else. And they're saying, uh, if you guys are all there, it says, Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardship he endured, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. And then verse 6 says, Behold, we have heard of it. In Ephrath, we found it in the fields of Jar. And what they're talking about right there, that's a past reference to the Ark of the Covenant was there at some point when it wasn't in Israel. And they're like, we've heard of the presence of the Lord here. We want it for us. And if you don't mind, I'm going to change some words in that. But we've heard of the Holy Spirit falling at Bethel Church. We've heard of miracles happening overseas. We've heard of it other places. I want it here. I desire a dwelling place for the Lord in his presence here, today, in Scranton. I want to see this place changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I desire it here. I want it here. I want it in our church. I want it in our city. I want it in my family. I want it here. I'm tired of hearing about it happening in other places. It's available here for us right now. And so we have, we're going to go back into the song Holy Spirit, which is a great song. And I encourage you, if you guys want to stand up today as we as we sing this song, I want you guys 
to start expecting that God's going to do something. The Holy Spirit's going to show up as we sing this song. I want you guys, if you have never asked for a filling of the Holy Spirit, ask for a filling of the Holy Spirit. We may think you're drunk, but it'll be fun. But he wants to do something in your life. He's available. The Holy Spirit is available. Rivers of living water. If anyone says no to that, you're crazy. So as we sing this song, let's ask for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's ask for a new filling of the Holy Spirit so that we can affect our area for the Lord. Who, I mean, who doesn't want to see blind eyes open or, or legs grow out or leprosy, whatever that looks like today, AIDS drop off of people? Addictions broken in a moment. That doesn't come from us. That comes from the Holy Spirit. And I want it here. I want it for us. And I desire that for this church today. Now, all flesh. The Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh. That's you guys. That's me. Let's worship today and let's expect something to happen. Let's just say, Lord, we're, we're willing to do whatever it looks like to you. Like, we're willing to just raise our hands and say, Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. We're willing to, like, I, some of you may be filled. Say, Lord, use me then. And whatever that looks like for you today to pray as we worship, but let's just invite the Holy Spirit to, here today to do something. Imagine next week if we all get filled and we're all out in the streets and we come back and this church is full to the brim and it's grown tripled in one week. That's the Holy Spirit moving. That doesn't come from me and Jesse. That comes from all of us wanting to be used and wanting to participate, to desire, and to expect the Holy Spirit to do something today. Let's worship.